What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning back into Bench Chatter, episode one. Again, I'm Colin. We got my co-host, Noah. Uh, we're pumped to be here, and I think we should just get right into some Rookie of the Year talk. So, let's get it. Um, This is a fun one. I, I like this draft class. It wasn't too deep, but always room for some sleepers. So It's a nice role-player draft it. class. Yeah, but, you know, it really Like is. a basketball nerd like me, I'm like into that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, no, I, I don't, I really don't think we see any perennial superstars out of this thing. And, and that can always come back to bite you. I mean, who knows? Giannis was the 15th pick. Butler was 29. So maybe, maybe there's a guy I just don't know about that hasn't really shown us <clears throat> what he's fully made of. But with that said, like, I don't think there's a short list here. I think we can talk about a lot of these guys, but who do you want to go with first? Um, you know, I think the guy that has a really good chance, I think LaMelo Ball clearly has a really good chance. Mm-hmm. He's going to have the numbers, but he actually only played 16 minutes tonight in the Hornets I saw that tonight. game, which oh, was really interesting to me. I think they're going to eat. 42 tonight. Yeah, I think they're going to ease – Lamelo into it, but uh, I honestly thought he was going to play more minutes. Um, I like James Wiseman. I think Wiseman's probably my pick to win this award. I think he's going to have the most opportunity out of any of the rookies. And then he's clearly yeah, playing I... with high-level talent and Steph Curry mm-hmm. and Draymond Green that are going to make him look a little better than a rookie yeah. like Lamelo, who's playing on the Hornets with less talent. Yeah, um, I think they can go both ways, though. Because a guy like Lamelo, I mean, we'll see what the Hornets try to do. They they played their asses off tonight, and Terry and Hayward actually both had pretty impressive nights. But that roster just obviously isn't all that deep. So Lamelo can put up some garbage numbers as well. You know, if if Lamelo shoots under forty percent from the field this year, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, that's he's got some some stuff to work on there. Um, Cody Zeller fractured and, his hand but, tonight, so Hornets team got a little less deep. No, in the game. <laughs> oh, my bad. I mean, what they're gonna put Lamelo in at the five now? No, they're gonna play. Like, <laughs> they're gonna play Miles Bridges at the five now. Um, but no, good point. But. Lamella's yeah, Lamella's gonna get the minutes. I, I think he's he can I, like I said, it goes both ways. Wiseman's gonna be playing with that better talent, but I think he gets less opportunity around you know shooting the ball. I think it's gonna have to be in a role player situation where he's racking up the blocks and boards and you know maybe getting the the uh, the assist numbers in there, but anchoring down that defense with Draymond in the front court. You know, Lamella has all the opportunity in the world because. You know, they want that offense to go through him in the future. But with that said, he has all the opportunity in the world to, to screw it up, shoot under 40, just have turnover numbers through the roof. So Had three turnovers in 16 minutes, 0 for 5 from the field. So, you know, um, he's got to learn how to score first, I guess. Yeah, it, NBA's a different game. He didn't even play college ball, you know. He's a man uh, I, from Lithuania. We got to give him a break there. You know, Lithuanian basketball isn't exactly the top-notch league we're looking for. 
I had Obi Toppin on my list, and the Knicks actually Fuck played Obi the Pacers Toppin. tonight, so I watched the whole this game. This is an anti-Obi Toppin podcast. We're not an anti-Obi Toppin podcast. Obi Toppin, We're, if you're listening, mm-hmm. if you're listening, Obi, you're more than welcome to come on the podcast anytime you want. Okay, obviously, if Obi Toppin wants to come on the podcast. We're an Obi Toppin podcast. But at the moment, until that happens, this is an anti-Obi Toppin podcast. Dude, he had the green light. At least light. for rookie of the year. Obi Toppin had the green light in tonight's game. He was shooting it whenever he had a chance to. That, I don't know if that bodes well for a rookie of the year. Though. And I think he shot like 3 for 13. <laughs> 3 of 12. He actually was 3 of 7 from deep, which means he missed all 5 of his uh, inside the yard shots, which... Isn't what you love to see. Um, I had Anthony Edwards on the list, but to be honest, I really Wait. haven't even watched any Anthony Edwards at all, really. So yeah. I have no clue how good he is, really. Hold on, can we? I want to go back to Obi Toppin just for a second to actually like say why I'm an anti Obi Toppin guy. Is that okay? Sure. Anthony, we'll come back to you. Anthony, don't. If you're listening, don't hang up. All right, baby. Um. I don't think that Obi is going to be athletic enough to translate his game to the NBA. I think if he's successful in the NBA, it's because he finds a niche that he doesn't currently have. I think we see it time and time and again. Guys who are just athletic, not athletic freaks in college, because those guys tend to translate. I'm talking... Eaton's, Anthony Davis, Zion, those body types, yeah, no, I mean, athletic freaks, you know, you're going to get it done. But guys who are just generally more athletic than the other guys in college, and that's their strength, don't come to the NBA very well. I mean, Bulls fan here, I'm thinking of Denzel Valentine in my head, electric at Michigan State. I mean, absolutely phenomenal, but dude can't do shit in the NBA. Now, I think Obi should be a little bit better than Denzel Valentine, but that's kind of the mold that I see him in right now. Um, and, you know, for his sake, I, I hope he makes the most of the Knicks experience. I think he's a, he can be a decent shooter, um, but he's going to have to find his way. And he's, he's going to have to learn how to defend, especially at the NBA level, because he does not have that in his arsenal right now. Yeah. Well, sorry, Obi, if you're listening, you know what to work on now. Hey, Obi, if you're listening, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A little bit. Um, all right, Anthony. Dude, baby. I, I hope you didn't hang up, because we're back to you now. What do you got to say about Anthony Edwards? I honestly don't have much to say. Anthony Edwards, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I can't tell. I watched a lot of Anthony Edward tape leading up to the draft because, I mean, there were rumors that, you know, like a week before the draft, there was talk that he was going to go to the Bulls. So I, I was kind of pumped about that. It, I think it's just a massive question mark. I think I like him on the Timberwolves. I think I probably agree with that pick at the end of the day. I, I probably would have done the same. Uh, just given fit, I, I don't think they needed LaMelo. I don't think they needed Wiseman. I think the best thing they could have done was trade, um, get something else. But he's athletic as shit. He's got a really pretty stroke. You know, his numbers aren't great from deep, but if you look at his shot, it's clean, it's smooth. I expect his numbers to only go up. Um, 
you know, when we're talking about that athleticism that can translate, I'm not sure. He's definitely more athletic than a guy like Obi, who credit where credit's due, an athletic guy, but just not that otherworldly athleticism that you can ride through the NBA to success. Um, I'm not sure if I love the Timberwolves as a fit for Edwards, for him to, to excel. Um, I don't think he's going to get a ton of – as much exposure as you'd like to give the number one pick. Um, we'll see what the Timberwolves choose to do, but I kind of agree. I think he's a massive question mark. I, I think there's a decent chance that he's a bust. Um, if he's a perennial all-star, you know, I, I could see that too. I just remember watching draft coverage and listening to guys talk about Anthony Edwards and two of his biggest cons – were his effort and his shot selection. And I have a hard time seeing how a guy whose biggest cons are effort and shot selection could win the rookie of the year. (laughs) Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, I have two dark horse candidates for this. Um, One of them is Killian Hayes. I really like Killian Hayes. Um, Can we call that a dark horse candidate? I I think so. I think the... I think okay. the casual NBA He's, fan might not might have not I, seen I, that I, much Killian Hayes tape because he played in France. Spoiler alert, I'm taking Killian Hayes as rookie of the year. I really like Killian Hayes. Um, I, before the draft was happening, I was talking to Colin about Killian Hayes and how I would really like the Bulls to draft him. I, I was um, hoping the Bulls would take him. He reminds me of James Harden. He has the starting position at the Pistons for the I moment. Know. And he has Derrick Rose as his mentor. So I think he's in a really good position to put up numbers and be a successful NBA player for years to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my other dark horse candidate, my other dark horse candidate is uh, Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings. I think the Kings mm-hmm. got him where they got him in the draft. He was a massive steal, and I think he has a really good opportunity to come into that backcourt and put up numbers because the Kings are really lacking a good second guard to put next to Corey Joseph when they put in the bench squad. Mm-hmm. So you pick no, Killian I, Hayes as your rookie of the year? I'm going to take Killian Hayes. I mean, if you just watch the footwork on that step back, I don't think the numbers coming across are super impressive. I think it was like 34% from deep. But I think you were actually the one that informed me about this. The number one indicator of NBA three-point success is not college or international, at least for developing guys, you know, not not guys who are well into their 20s, but developing guys, the best indicator is free throw percentage, not yes, three-point percentage, not field goal percentage. And that boils down to the, the shot form, how it looks, and how you can parlay that into a successful three-point shot. And he was a great free throw shooter. It looks clean. The footwork's there. I think he's got phenomenal vision. Um, Like you said, he's got the starting position on the Pistons. Um, We'll see if Derrick Rose is still there by the end of the year. I think, I hope for Derrick Rose's sake, I still love the man, um, that a contender trades for him because I think he can help a team that's contending out as a backup point guard. Uh, same with Blake Griffin. Obviously, that context sucks, but we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I like Killian Hayes. Um, 
But with that said, we can't talk about Rookie of the Year without talking about Patrick Williams. Because... I think we could. (laughs) Well, we can't. We can't. Not on this podcast. Maybe if you'd picked a different co-host, you could have. But not with me. Um, I mean, I'll I'll let you have the first word on that. Uh, Obviously, both took him number four. Pretty shocked a lot of people. What do you think so far? Um, from what I watched tonight, and you know, it's only one game, okay. so you can't really overreact, but, um, he looked okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all you can say about the whole Bulls team is that they look okay. He, you know, he came off the bench at Florida State, and... Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to take some time for him to adjust to the NBA. And I think the Bulls as a whole are going to be asking him to do a lot on defense. And you're putting, you're essentially giving the keys to a defense to a rookie kid. And I don't think that's a recipe for success in his first year. But I think if he can just, uh, you know, hit threes, play defense, I think he'll be a fine pick for the Bulls. It's exactly what they needed. You know, they're almost Mm -hmm. done with Otto Porter's contract and, um, I think he'll be a fine player. I don't think he has the upside as some of the other guys on this draft. No, and, and I generally agree. Um, what what some people don't realize is um, Williams declared out of high school early. So his freshman year at Florida State would generally be his senior year of high school for any other kid. Uh, but because he was able to graduate high school early, he came to the college early, and thus he's in the league early. So super young, super raw, um, kind of like Noah alluded to. I, I really don't believe that he actually wins Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to get the offensive production. He actually put up 16 points tonight, but um, some of the other guys really underperformed. Kobe White specifically went 2 for 11 from the floor, and I think got – I don't know what happened with Kobe White, but I don't see Patrick Williams scoring 16 tonight. I'd love for it to happen, but I think he's got the tools. I think he's going to be a great defender. I think he's going to be on this Bulls team for years to come as a very valuable contributor. Um, I just wanted wanted to go back on what you were saying earlier about um, free throw percentage in terms of, like, how good someone is at free throw shooting. Just for anyone that's, like, just for anyone that's, like, an NBA nerd like me and Colin. Yeah. Um, When I was texting Colin, my example was with Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards was a guy who shot 29% from three in college on eight attempts, but those, but he shot 79% from the free throw line. For an inverse example, Lonzo and Markel Fultz both shot around 40% from three in college, yet he, shot both shot Lonzo less than, me. but both shot less than 70% from the free throw line. And we see now that uh, Fultz and Lonzo have a pretty volatile three in the NBA. So I think that's a good indicator for Anthony Edwards that his three-point percentage is higher than what it actually is. Because, you know, at Georgia, his three-point attempts are, like, end of shot clock. He gets the ball with less than three seconds and just has to, like, chuck something up. I just wanted to talk about that because I think it's a interesting, like, little stat that not a lot of people might know. No, absolutely. And I think that's something we can circle back to throughout the year as we watch these guys grow and develop and, and see if we can see that that hypothesis come to fruition 
with these guys, um, especially with so much young talent. Um, I, before we pass up, I, there's one last guy I want to bring up, uh, Denny Avdia out of Israel. Um, there was a lot of buzz before the draft that he might go top five, ended up falling to nine with the Wizards, but I think he's going to get decent minutes. I think the Wizards, I think the downfall is I think the Wizards are actually going to try to compete this year. Um, if you want to call that a downfall, I'm sure Wizards fans uh, are pretty excited about the current roster. So I don't know if he's going to get the minutes or the ball for that matter, especially with Westbrook and, and Beal in there. But I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think that's a great pick for them. Uh, his playmaking ability is phenomenal, and he's starting to he's he's another one that's starting to show in NBA viable three. Um, but I was wanting happen. the Bulls to draft him pretty badly. Yeah, um, I don't know if you would. I, I, I think long term, definitely in the current system. I don't know if it's what we were exactly looking for. I think Pat might fit it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I would have loved to have Denny on the team. Denny actually caught the start tonight because Rui Hachimura was out with double pink eye. <laughs> that's, that's a weird one. Was he rubbing them together? He would get it on one and pull the other out. And just, um, actually, I forgot about Rui. Throw Rui in for uh, most improved player. Um, caught some preseason highlights of him. I love him. Yeah, he I really like Rui. Watch. You know, stretch four, stretch three. Um, can shoot the ball. Sexy around the rim. Um. I'd love to see it happen. But again, I, I don't know how the Wizards are going to handle that and what their look is going to look like. Um, so you, let's... Right, what do you say? So you're picking Killian yeah. Hayes, and I'm going to yeah. be rolling with James Wiseman. Oh, I apologize. I didn't give you the shot. Yeah, James, uh, very solid pick. I, I can see that happening. Um all right, uh, so we're done with awards, but now we can just move into some of our other questions. And I kind of want to go to team that is most likely to disappoint this season. Team that is most likely to disappoint this season. Um, I think there's a lot out there that have the potential. Um, well, actually, you know, it's the NBA. There's, there's not a lot out there. Um in my mind, I, I've got a team in my head, and I really enjoy them, and I, I don't know if it's going to be disappointment because of how the roster plays or because of what happens to it, and, and that team is the 76ers. We've just we've seen what they can do when they're great. Um, I really think... You know, two years ago, if the Kawhi shot doesn't fall, I think the 76ers might take that in overtime. And obviously, with the uh, Warriors banged up as they were, um, I, I think 76ers could have gone all the way there. Obviously, they had Jimmy Buckets at the time. Um, but I think without him, moving on from him, I, I would love to see these shooters be what the 76ers hope they can be with Seth, Danny, Shake. Um, but I think there's a lot of team chemistry issues going on there. 
Simmons and Bede. It sounds like one of them might get traded for Harden more likely than not. Simmons, if that trade goes through, uh, and then who knows what, what happens there. But I, I just, I really think that the 76ers are looking to possibly regress. Interesting. They were not on my list, but, um, you know, I do agree with the, some of the points you said, but I, I think they have a noticeably better roster than they did last season. Yeah, I, I think but it's, I this think is the last shot team. they get. This is the last shot yeah, they get. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I if think it doesn't there's work, a chance it gets blown up. If it's not even working like towards All Star season, I don't think Maury is afraid to blow it up. But he's no, at least got to give him a chance. Um, and to tell us there, and blowing it up is a, in my mind, blowing it up is just trading Simmons or Embiid. One of the yeah. You know, and, and restructuring on that. So I kind of, I think it's going to head there. I think that the East is a little bit more competitive this year than it has been in years past with the Nets coming up. The Wizards look like they could be a thing, um, especially in the regular season. So um, more competition. I I kind of think that the 76ers take it back. Apologies to Jack Eggleton if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> shout out Jack Eggleton. Um, so the team at the very top of my list, it was pretty easy. Uh, I, it's the Houston Rockets. Uh, I mean, I mean, they're so combustible. There's Harden drama. They have a bunch of new players, new coach. And if Harden actually gets traded, they are so screwed because they have no draft picks, not much talent. (laughs) John Wall could do something. Okay, we got to see John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins <laughs> play first. Yeah. Uh, um, another team I had on my list was the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're really, like, it's championship or bust at this point. Like, if they're not winning a championship soon, then, like, they'll honestly go down as one of the most, like, disappointing teams ever, I think. And with them, it's just, like, the same old story, you know? We know they're going to dominate the regular season. Giannis is going to put up big numbers. But when it comes down to it in the playoffs, Giannis needs to make a one-on-one play to win the game. Can he do it? And like we saw tonight with the Celtics, he had two free throws. It's 120 to 122 with 0.4 seconds on the clock. Makes the first one, misses the second one. The Bucks lose the game. Yeah. Um, I I think I agree with everything you said there, other than it's championship or bust. At least for this year, I don't think it's championship or bust. Um, Giannis just obviously signed that extension. I'm sure the Bucks would love to win the championship this year, no doubt about it. Uh, they're primed to, to compete for it. I mean, they're definitely capable of doing so. I'm pretty sure that they're second in, in Vegas odds right now. Um, but I think there's still time for them to build that roster out a little bit more in the coming years if this season doesn't work out, if, it, if they don't go. And I think, you know, if the Bucks make it to the championship, they, you know, I think that'll start to alleviate some of the Giannis can't do it in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to correct your statement to they got to get through the Eastern Conference. Then it's not a bust. If you can make it to the championship, you, you've done it, get Giannis the experience, keep building from there. 
it's kind of insane to think that they haven't got to a finals yet, honestly. They are, they've been garbage in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not as though the Eastern Conference teams that have come out these last couple of years have been super teams that are just absolutely filled to the brim with, with superstars and are paying guys out the ass. I mean, it, they're, they're well-run organizations, honestly. That's what's come out of the East is, is the teams that are run like fine, fine oily machines. Um, another team I had on my list was the Miami Heat. And I know you might have some qualms with this. Um, I'm not as high on the Heat as a lot of people, other people are. Honestly, don't like Jimmy Butler as much as other people do. <laughs> Definitely not salty that they beat the Pacers in the first round. But um, I think, I think the bubble was like a perfect storm for the Heat. I think that was just like a perfect environment for them to thrive in. People kind of forget that Jimmy wasn't that good before the bubble. Like, he was really averaging like 18, 5, and 5 before the season ended due to COVID, which isn't amazing. Um, I think they're just due to regress a bit, and I think they won't. I don't think they'll go back to the conference finals, and I think for Heat fans and the Heat team, that is a disappointment. But, you know, it's the East. I could be wrong. The East playoffs is really all about just matchups. So, like, mm-hmm. the Heat could easily get good matchups, go back to the conference finals, as easily as they could lose in the first round of the Pacers with a fully healthy team. Well, I don't know about easily, but it's a possibility, I guess. Um, no, I, I like the points there. I, I think I can agree. Um, I think I think they surprise a lot of people, obviously, as the fifth seed coming up through the Eastern Conference. Um but we'll see. I think a lot of people are excited to see what Tyler Hero can do this year. You know, obviously, he did what he did in the playoffs. Can can he actually take the next step up and, and start to become a, a really phenomenal scoring talent? Um, Bam is a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Obviously, he got the bag this offseason, deservedly so. Um but yeah, I, I think that there are just a couple too many teams that are better than the Heat now. Especially we keep coming back to it, the Nets. I mean, I, I really I think it's their conference to win. Just a little fun fact about the Heat. Um Duncan Robinson, one of my favorite players in the league, uh he actually sh- on four hundred minimum catch and shoot attempts. He actually shot the highest percentage ever last season at like forty six percent, and the Which next four, insane. the next four people on the list are just Steph and Clay alternating. <laughs> this, what surprises me most is that it's not Clay because we know Steph is is so amazing at creating off the dribble, but I mean we see all those stats all the time where like Clay takes like three dribbles per shot or something i think it's less than that like i think he had one game where he dribbled the ball 13 times and put up 40 i think the caveat there is clay clay might have been shooting a lot more than duncan robinson was Uh, um, because it was 400 minimum so clay could have shot like 60 more threes that season than duncan robinson did last season yeah i mean do you have any uh do you have any more teams i got one more 
and then we can um, move on to the next one. No, off the top of my head, you go. Uh, so my last one is the Atlanta Hawks, and we kind of talked about this yesterday off the pod. Yeah. But um, they almost have too many players. Yeah. Um, I think they overpaid for Gallinari. I think um, so. They've kind of yeah, decided. They, they haven't really decided if John Collins is part of the future or not. They didn't offer him any rookie extension, so they're gonna let the market determine his value. And I'm just kind of confused on if they really see him as part of their future team moving on. Yeah, I am too, and I, I think he should be. I don't see why you needed a 32-year-old Gallinari to fill those shoes when I think they were already there. And then, you know, you got to get Clint Compella, and then you draft Onyeka and Kangwu, who I think is a phenomenal talent. I, I think he's going to be a solid role player in the NBA for years to come. Um you know, be able to defend her on the rim. But, like, yeah, like you said, they went out and got Rondo. They have Chris Dunn, too. I, I, it's just kind of a, a clusterfuck of old talent and a bunch of young guys that you need to develop. And it, it kind of feels like they want to win now, but they're not there yet. And I, I always hate that, you know, as a fan – like, I know that there's just, like, an inkling, like, let's get to the playoffs. But that's this isn't the NFL or, or the MLB where you get to the playoffs and you have a shot at winning. Like, you know, being the eighth seed, being the seventh seed doesn't mean anything. You're not going to do anything with it. You know, realistically, the best-case scenario is that you win one round. Um, I, I don't – somebody can give me the stats. I know there was a, the 1999 Knicks made it all the way to the, the championship uh, before losing to the Spurs. Um, but that was a lockout season. They played 50 games. So I don't know if there's been another team. So I just, I don't see why you wouldn't want to develop those guys to become wh- whatever they can become, whatever their potential is. If, if they're bust, they're bust. But let them be bust or let them be shining stars so that you can know where this franchise needs to go and not sign guys like Gallinari and Rondo that are are really best suited for teams that are just looking to add a couple pieces for a championship run. I also think if the Hawks start slow, Lloyd Pierce will be the first coach fired of the season, like immediately. But, you know, that's Uh, just me. I I can see that. I can see that. I mean, yeah, that leads us into another conversation. Um, just, just a fun topic. Most likely to get fired, head coach. Um, maybe first one to get fired. You, you think uh, Lloyd Pierce? Yeah, if the Hawks do bad, I will almost guarantee you Lloyd Pierce will get fired. Um. Yeah, I, I can see that one. I, I don't – they didn't bring him in. Like, w- the rationale there wasn't that he was definitely the long-term plan by any means, right? Like, I he, think he, when he's they – kind of a newer guy. What's weird to me is the Hawks, when they hired him, I think the Hawks did see him as this, like, long-term guy. They'll develop him. Yeah. He'll develop the players. But then they kind of switched their whole mantra in, like, one offseason to where they want to win now. They're going for it. And, like, if they don't get the results they want, are they? what are they going to do? Are they going to just fire this guy that 
has been developing these guys for the last two years. It's a really weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back to Chris Dunn, Bulls could have used Chris Dunn pretty bad tonight to slow down Trey Young, I'll tell you that. Yeah, for real, though. Um, No, we're going to struggle defensively. I'm not – I don't really pay any mind to that because the Bulls are still so many steps away from being where they need to be. Um, Trust the process, though. Did you see any, like – noticeable offensive or defense defensive like system changes under Donovan now or was it just hard to see because it's only been one game um it's only been one game and and he's still experimenting with lineups like he said that he's gonna go 10 maybe 11 deep and just experiment see what guys can do um before going through anything um honestly the offense looked pretty much the same um, from what I could tell so far, um, I think the ball movement is a little bit better. I think he definitely made an emphasis that Wendell needs to have the ball in his hands on offense, which I, oh, I think is kind of a no-brainer. But you know, we we didn't have a no-brainer. We didn't. We had a person with no brain for head coach for a minute in, in Chicago. So that is Sadoransky hurt. Why didn't he play tonight? Because they played Archie Diakno like 20 minutes. Well, that's because Archie Diakno is in the NCAA championship. And he's got a ponytail. And he's got a ponytail. Yeah, he looks ugly as shit. Yeah, he's disgusting. Um, Yeah, I saw saw just like looking through, scrolling through fantasy earlier today that he was day-to-day, so... He was nursing something. I, I think it's minor. I think he should be fine. Come yeah, Saturday probably just Sunday. like double pink eye. <laughs> rubbing them, rubbing them eye sockets together. Um, alrighty, right. let's uh, let's touch on. Let's get one more topic down it, and then we can call it our first episode. Um, I I like this question right here. Uh, most under the radar off season move. Um. I think this is a fun one we can get into. Who do you got on your list? Um, so at the top of my list is Seth Curry. Um, I think, I think you, I think Seth Curry was like is maybe one of the best players you could put next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah, he just like knows his role so much to a T that like it just fits so well with what the Sixers need to mm-hmm. do. He will shoot it whenever he gets a ball. He has super good percentages. He only shot five threes a game last season, which to some people may seem like a lot. But I think with the Sixers, he could be averaging like seven to eight shot threes a game. Um, His like let it fly factor, I think, is like yeah. something that the Sixers need. He's like, he, it keeps, when you have a straight just shooter shooter on the court, it keeps defenses honest so much because they know when this guy catches the ball he's gonna let it fly and he either makes the right pass or he shoots it he's not dribbling in to get a layup because he knows he'll get blocked he's not trying to do anything fancy like that and then Mm -hmm. the financial benefit of having him he's locked in on like three years on a really good contract i just think it was like a super good move for the Sixers. i I, i'd have to agree with you i don't think there's Anything uh, wrong with that that notion? Um, yeah, I, I think this is a tough one, especially because, you know, what do you define as underrated? Um, 
just I'm just gonna go through a, a couple moves that I really like. Um, I really like Serge Ibaka for the Clippers. I think we talked about this yesterday. I think he's he's gonna provide some spacing. He's gonna provide an extra bucket that I think the Clippers really need. Um, because they can go through some cold streaks where they just really rely on Kawhi to, to be Superman and, and try to figure it all out when no one else can. Um, he's an extremely intelligent defender, great on team defense. Um, I think that he is going to markedly improve the Clippers. Obviously, they still have some question marks. They didn't address the point guard spot, which I know you have qualms about. Uh, I know you've expressed that, um, but I like the move. I like the move for Serge Ibaka. I like what Ibaka brings um, off the court, like in the locker room too. I think mm-hmm. that I think the Clippers are noticeably lacking in alpha in the locker room. Like people know that Kawhi is like the man, but he's too quiet to be like a leader, leader. And I think Serge will like say what's need, what's what like needs to be said to the Clippers when they're like not playing oh. well. Wait, hold on. Are, you, are you insinuating that Pandemic P might be a little bit full of himself? He's a fake somebody alpha. Might sw- somebody might have swung at him in the locker room last year. I think that's why they... That? I think Paul George I thinks think he's an alpha, it. and I think guys like Pat Bev, Lou Will, and Montres Harrell all know that he's not, and they can see right through his little act, and I think yeah. that like caused a big rift in the locker room. Um, I, don't, I can't say I love Lou, Lou Will, but Pat Bev is funny as shit. Um, because he was he was chirping people about the uh, I think it was Dame. He had, like chirped Dame on Twitter after the the Blazers lost and said something like "Have fun on vacation" or like <laughs> like "Can't wait to see your Cancun pictures." And then as soon as the Clippers lost, uh, Dame came back at him and was like, "Still haven't left for Cancun yet. You wanna you wanna hop on the plane with me?" And Pat Bev just goes. Fuck yeah, I love Cancun. Like, totally <laughs> bought into it. Like, didn't care that he was totally supposed to be getting clowned on. Um, uh, he's funny. Lou Will, eh. Lou, Lou Will's likes to think he's harder than I think Lou Will actually is. But, yeah. Alrighty, man. I, that was a fun first podcast. I that was a pretty that. good first you? podcast. I'll take that. Um, Thanks for everybody who listened. Um, we really appreciate it. The I day ones. The, uh, the day ones. The day ones. Um, I think the, the plan is uh, to do an episode on Sunday nights that's more dedicated to the fantasy week. Uh, where we'll talk about sleepers, matchups we like, um, look at the waiver wire, because I think that's where we can be most beneficial um maybe get into some trade discussions who's hot who's cold stuff like that and then do an episode during the week maybe looking at like wednesday or thursday uh where we discuss actual basketball get into you know what's going on around the league trade rumors more stuff like that um but we're fluid we're working out the kinks so we're looking forward to it. Noah, what do you got for closing thoughts? Go Pacers. Go Pacers, baby. Uh, alrighty. I love it. Um, that's the first episode of Basketball Chatter. We thank you again and uh, look forward to, to seeing you guys on Sunday. Stay safe.
See you guys.